Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the January 2014 CTSS quiz. This is the first quiz for the new year, and uh, Happy New Year. All right, let's get started, and we have 10 terrific cases for you today, and let's go with number one. In this case, I'm asking, based on these images, what's, what is the patient's status? So let's look at the images. The first thing you see is very bright adrenals, and that is classic for the patient being hypotensive. Uh, look at the liver, this patchy enhancement of the liver, this patchy enhancement of the kidney. This patient is a hypoperfusion state. This patient is hypotensive. Hypertensive would not give you this. Normal blood pressure, obviously not. Now, it's interesting, I guess, theoretically, the patient could be having a contrast reaction only in the sense that those patients can become hypotensive. They become shocky and, you know, you have a severe reaction, but that's almost too fast. So, again, hypotensive is indeed the best answer. This is an interesting case because I'm asking you, based on two images, what the most likely diagnosis is. When you look at the first image in the bladder, you see at about 1 o'clock a polypoid lesion enhancing. That's a bladder cancer. You then see what looks like a mass or an infiltrating process, upper pole left kidney. Now, how do you put them together? Renal cell carcinoma, well, the truth is that mass does not look in the kidney like a renal cell, and renal cell mets to the bladder is uncommon. Metastatic melanoma, I guess it's a possibility, but again, infiltrative kidney, not really. Acute polynephritis would be a thought, but that would not explain the bladder. In a sense, maybe the kidney could be acute pilo. But what makes the most sense is the transitional cell carcinoma of the uh, bladder and kidney. Remember, more than 40% of transitional cells are multifocal in location. And this is a very nice example. It also reminds us when we're looking at the kidney and we think we see a transitional cell, look carefully at the ureters, the contralateral kidneys, and the bladder. This is an interesting case. This patient presented to us with abdominal pain and distension, and here's a CT scan. And I'm asking you what the most likely diagnosis is. Well, let's look at the images first. The first thing, when you look at the coronals especially, you realize this lesion is not really in the liver. It's simply pushing on the liver. And that's a very, very important fact because hepatomas would be inside the liver, and so would an abscess. Now, a subcapsular hematoma it would be pushing on the liver, but it has a more compressive type appearance. Here we see some compression and some of the enhancement, but you're really seeing a large mass here. This patient had many years before leiomyosarcoma of the uterus, and this actually was metastatic leiomyosarcoma to the liver, and it was a large implant on the liver surface. A very unusual presentation, but a very nice example. In this case, I asked you for the most likely diagnosis, and let's look at the images. We see something infiltrating the pancreas, but more importantly, the retropancreatic space, the celiac and SMA are gone. And then if you look carefully, there's lots of nodes in the periodic region, the left kidney is small, so what are we thinking of? Well, autoimmune pancreatitis can enlarge the gland, but this is more than autoimmune pancreatitis. And pancreatic cancer can give you nodes, but there's no dilated pancreatic duct, and this looks too mass-like. I could think of a neuroendocrine tumor. They can be very large and infiltrative, but those are usually vascular. The best diagnosis in this case is going to be lymphoma. That would explain the nodes. And when you look at the epicenter, it's really posterior to the pancreas and pushing the pancreas forward. It's displacing vessels rather than invading them. And that's really the hallmark of lymphoma. And in this case, it was a B-cell lymphoma.
In this case, we look at the two sets of images for the best diagnosis. And the first thing you look at is a sigmoid colon. It's thickened, it's enhancing. Now, could this be colitis? I guess theoretically, but it really looks mass-like. Unfortunately, then, when you look at the liver, there are multiple low-density lesions. There are nodes in the porta. This means we're dealing with a malignancy. And so the best diagnosis is sigmoid colon cancer. Could you think about lymphoma? I guess so. It can give bulky masses in the colon. That's exceedingly rare. But then uh, the masses are, in fact, bulkier than this and typically are not vascular. So the best case here is sigmoid colon carcinoma. And this was an adenocarcinoma metastatic to the liver. This is a patient, when you look at the images, you see a small bowel obstruction, and the question is why? Well, when you look carefully at the images, you really can see the transition in the right lower quadrant. There's no evidence of Crohn's disease. There's no prominent vessels or vasorecta. This doesn't really look like ischemic colitis. The bowel wall isn't thickened. There's no pneumatosis. And I don't see a mass to make this carcinoma. The best diagnosis and the number one cause of small bowel obstruction these days is adhesions. And CT is very good at looking at transition points and in this case defining the transition in the right lower quadrant. This was proven at surgery. Here's another case. And similar to uh, cases I may have shown you before, you can see this enhancement of the sigmoid colon. You can see it on the axial and the sagittal views. Now, what's interesting is you see prominent vascularity to this lesion. It's not diverticulitis, and it doesn't really look like ischemic colitis. And again, it's not bulky enough for lymphoma. This is another example This of sigmoid colon cancer. This patient had GI bleeding. The thought about ischemic colitis was really uh, considered, but the vessels look way too good. The vessels you're seeing to the sigmoid colon are really because of the vascularity of the patient's tumor. Although we don't think about adenocarcinoma of the colon as being vascular, it can be relatively vascular, as shown nicely in this example. In this case, what's going on? Well, you can see we gave the patient rectal contrast. That's the best way of looking at the rectum and sigmoid colon. And you can see there's an area of narrowing. Now, you could say, well, perhaps it's colitis, perhaps it's cancer. But then you see there's several diverticuli present, and it looks like some fluid and air just outside the lumen. And that makes you be thinking about diverticulitis. So in this case, what we're dealing with is diverticulitis. Now, it's interesting and important to recognize that at times diverticulitis can be difficult to distinguish from carcinoma, so that can be a difficult call. But in this case, the transition and the air makes the diagnosis a little bit more straightforward. This is an interesting patient. The patient was pre-op, um, and uh, we were doing this study for looking for dissection. The patient was short of breath. and. What you can see in the left main stem bronchus is soft tissue, which is mucus plugs, which were subsequently removed. What you also can see in this case is the endotracheal tube going right down the right main stem bronchus into the bronchus intermedius. And that's a very classic appearance. I show this case to remind everyone when you're looking particularly in intensive care unit patients, look at where the endotracheal tube is. At times it could be misplaced and CT may be the only study to suggest that diagnosis. This patient had GI bleed and weight loss, and I'm asking what the least likely diagnosis is. 
The thing that you recognize in this case is there's an infiltrating process in the antrum of the stomach with some wall enhancement and basically mucosal enhancement. So this is not going to be under-distended stomach in a pseudolesion. This is really pathology. Now the only argument you have is what could this be? Is this cancer versus infection? Now, to be honest, I read this as a carcinoma, recommended a biopsy. I thought the enhancing part was an ulcer. And in fact, this was biopsied several times to be exact. And that enhancing part is indeed a gastric ulcer, but this was simply inflammatory disease, H. pylori negative, and there was no evidence of malignancy. So this was a gastric ulcer with enhancement, a very nice example, and the importance of distension. It also makes the point that sometimes it is impossible on CT alone to separate carcinoma from an ulcer. It also makes the point that if the patient gets a biopsy, like in this case, and it comes back inflammatory disease, I would recommend the second deep biopsy. Sometimes the biopsy is not perfect. Well, with that, I've now shown you 10 terrific cases to start off what should be 12 months of terrific cases in 2014. Have a great day.